Hello, and welcome to the podcast of Emmanuel Assemblies of God in Knoxville, Tennessee. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen. If you're ever in our area, we invite you to join us for one of our worship services. For times and locations, please visit at EmmanuelAG.com. So I want to talk to you today about um, the, the Israelites when they left Egypt. You know, I, this is a found in uh, Exodus chapter 13, 14. You'll look there and you know, they, God, Moses led them out of Egypt through a series of all these miracles and things. And, and they come and they're, they're facing the Red Sea. Pharaoh's army is behind them. I mean, hot pursuit, right? And they come to this place where the terrain has really just got them kind of hemmed in. They've got a mountain over here, a mountain over here, an impassable body of water over there. And there's Pharaoh and all these chariots back behind them. And they're pretty much in a, what you would call a difficult situation. I would not want to be in that situation, and they sure didn't, because you can tell when you read the story, they begin to complain. Seems like they were always complaining. But you know, sometimes you have to go through difficult or uncomfortable situations to get where you need to be. It's not always easy. We go through things to get to where we need to be in life. And here they were, and it was an un, can you say uncomfortable situation. I mean, they started saying things like, man, You know, why'd you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves in Egypt? When they saw those those chariots and those men, you know, with the spears and the, the armor, Pharaoh's army, they were thinking, man, those whips that they beat us with when we were making the bricks, that was easy compared to this. We're fixing to die out here. And they start their heart wanted to go back to where they were. But I just want to tell you, there is no going back for you when you're following God. There's only going forward. God did not have going back for them as part of the plan. Have you noticed that God hates complaining? He really does. It really irritates him. When you read through the Old Testament, I mean, the Israelites were known for complaining and also getting all kinds of things happen to them, you know, fire coming out of heaven and different things when they complain, right? Here's the thing. Complaining, it shows a lack of trust in God. Think about that. If they trusted him, that they, he, that he was going to take them to a promised place and they trusted the outcome of that. You know, Joseph trusted him. If you read earlier in the chapter, chapter 13 and into the beginning of chapter 14, one of the things they did when they left was they took Joseph's bones with them. Why? Because Joseph knew that this was not going to be where this nation ended up. He knew that they were one day going to enter into the promised land. And so before he died, he made arrangements for them. When you go, when God's promises come true, take my bones with you. I want to be buried in the promised land. And because of that attitude, he made it into the hall of faith, Hebrews chapter 11. By faith, he spoke those words. He was full of faith. He knew. He believed. And here are the people who are actually doing the work, lived through the plagues, all this thing, you know, being protected while Israel's gods are being judged. They saw everything. And here they are, led by God, pillar of fire by day, right? Or no, pillar of fire by night, pillar of cloud by day, right? And how about this Moses guy? God is speaking to him in complete sentences. He's articulating, you know, he's like, hey, here's what I'm going to do. I want you to go over here and camp out by this mountain, and I'm going to draw the Pharaoh out. I'm going to harden his heart because I want to end him. I mean, talk about having a word from the Lord. How many times do we have a word from the Lord or we, have, we know what we're supposed to do, but instead of entering into it, we'd rather complain or look back. Man, sometimes we've got to let go of Egypt. And here's the whole, the whole thing with the sea. The whole thing with the sea was a couple of reasons. One, he wanted to end Egypt's ability to... to 
come after them and pursue them, okay? But two, he wanted to end their mindset of going back to Egypt. After this incident, after the Red Sea crossing, there was no going back. And when you're stepping out and you're going forward forward in God, there's things that he wants to take you to, and then there is no going back for you. And you need to not be afraid to put yourself in that situation, as uncomfortable as it may be, so that he can end Pharaoh in your life and so that he can end the appeal of your past. Because your future is way better than your past back in Egypt. And he wants to take you into a promised plan, promised land, a promised plan. That's good, too, isn't it? And so he hates complaining. Look at 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 10, verse 7. This is what, um, this is Paul talking about this group over there in the wilderness following Moses. He says, Do not become idolaters, as were some of them, as it is written. The people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Verse 8, Nor let us commit sexual immorality, as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 fell. Verse 9, nor let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted and were destroyed by the serpents. And verse 10, nor complain. <laughs> Somebody say complain. complain. Nor complain. It's like, God, I don't worship idols. I'm pure. I'm not voted. No. Are you complaining? Well, that's when we always give ourselves a pass to, isn't it? <laughs> nor complain, as some of them also complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. <laughs> Wow, <laughs> what a heavy what a heavy penalty for that. And then verse 11, listen to this. He says, these things happened to them as examples, and they were written down for our admonition. Admonition, that's a good King James word, isn't it? I'm actually preaching out of the New King James today. Somebody gave me this beautiful Bible, and I just wanted to try it out one time. I'll probably be back to the ESV next week. But uh, our admonition, for our warning, for our caution, for our instruction, they were given to us, they were written to us. Uh, who's, upon whom the ends of the ages has come. Then it says this, Therefore take heed. Therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed, lest he fall. Man, we're supposed to walk circumspectly. Amen. I mean, it's good to do a complaining checkup in your life. God hates complaining. James 5, 9, Do not grumble against one another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Hey, this is New Testament. This is the book of James, isn't it? Do not grumble lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. Philippians 2 and verse 14. Do all things without complaining. Somebody say without complaining. <laughs> without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. How many of you feel like you're living in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation right now? Yeah. Does that give me a right to complain? No, it doesn't. Because I want to become a child of God without fault in the middle of this crooked and perverse generation. It says this, among whom you shine as lights in the world. Man, that light shining through you is what will attract people to God. Amen? And so if you, that was a tangent, that complaining. I don't know where all that came from. I was preparing that. And I just realized how these people were complainers. I started thinking about all the warnings about complaining. But if you know the story, you know that these people are here. They're sitting here, and they're about to enter into probably the most famous miracle in the Bible, except for maybe the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is uh, one of the biggest miracles. I mean, movies have been written about this miracle, right? It's a, it's a famous thing. They're, they're the people who are going to go through the sea. And they're trying to do everything they can to disqualify themselves. <laughs> Complain. They would have, at that point, rather than go forward and trust God, they would have rather been back in Egypt working on the, the bricks. Wow. 
And Moses said to the people, I'm going to go to uh, Exodus 14 and verse 13. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. I like that. You shall see again no more forever. That's King James for you, the way that works. You shall never see again. You shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. That's King James way of saying you shall be quiet. <laughs> Just whatever you do, stop complaining. <laughs> Maybe he'd have said anything at that point to get them just to be quiet. <laughs> You're going to ruin it. God's doing something. Come on. I mean, but here's the thing. Think about it like this. They're in a predicament. They are. You wouldn't want to have been there. I wouldn't have wanted to have been there, right? But why are they there? They're there because God himself led them there. Okay. I mean, again, Moses has this conversation with God and God's like, well, don't take them through the land of the Philistines because if they hit opposition there and start fighting, uh, they're going to want to turn back to Egypt. So take them this way through the wilderness because I want to do something to, to make sure that they actually go into the land. I mean, he's telling him this. And then again, you know, the 10 plague, plagues and all of that going on. It's amazing. The pillar, like I said, the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire. And so, you know, things looked hopeless for them, but it was God who brought them to this exact spot, this exact place where they were, right? It was God. And they were exactly where he wanted them to be, even though it was not where they wanted to be. And so Moses is here, and he's trying to talk them back off the edge. He's saying, stop, wait, hold on, don't be afraid, stand still. And see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again, no more forever. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. And verse 15, and the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. Moses said, stand still. But God said, go forward. So the title of this message today is Keep Going. <laughs> Keep going, okay? Have you ever been in a situation where you spoke out and you thought you were speaking for the intention of somebody you were with and next thing you know, you had to eat your words? My kids do that all the time, you know. My, my, my daughter, being older, likes to try to tell her younger brother what to do, you know. And sometimes we back her up. Sometimes she's right. Yeah, Benjamin, you shouldn't stick pins in your nose or whatever. <laughs> But sometimes we have to say, Abigail, we didn't say that. We don't care if he does that or not. He is okay. Leave him alone, right? And here's Moses. He's speaking for God. And he says, stand still. You're not going to have to do anything. The Lord's going to fight for you. But God said something else. He said, no, you're going to go forward. Even a limitation in the mind of Moses. Because where was forward? Up this mountain or up this mountain or through the water? Or do we go back that way? We know we're not going that way. But God wanted them to go forward. See, God's never without a plan. He always has a plan and a program to reach you right where you're at, right where your circumstances are, and take you where you need to go. Amen? And so these people are looking back to Egypt, and they're looking at those chariots and everything, and they're thinking, man, I'd rather be making bricks than facing this. But God did not want them to be standing still. He wanted them to go forward. He wanted them out of Egypt into the place that he'd prepared for them. And even in the place of impossible circumstances and situations, his will for them was to go forward. And I'm going to tell you, that's the directive of the church today, is to go forward. Go forward. Somebody say, go forward. Go forward. You know, yeah, but we've lost the culture war. 
and the government's letting all these bad things happen, go forward. The doctor says, I'll have this for the rest of my life. It's incurable. And God says what? Go forward. But, you know, houses are hard to find right now and rents are so high. And what? Go forward. Come on. But this, but that, but whatever. And God says what? Go forward. You know, that is an expression of faith. Keep walking. Keep going forward. That's that's what God wants to see, that attitude to keep going forward. Lester Summerall said, you know what faith is? I mean, we all have the definitions. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things. That's great, right? But how, how does that play out in my life? He says, he says, faith is keep walking, keep moving. And if there's a wall there, you just keep walking anyway, because I expect that wall to be gone by the time I get there. Amen. Right? As long as I'm obeying God. I keep walking. I keep moving forward. I go forward. So whether you are here because, you know, of your unfortunate circumstances or or maybe even bad decisions have placed you here or maybe even God himself has led you to this spot. I just want to tell you the deliverance for you, the salvation for you. God's rescue plan is in your going forward. Get this word. Get this book. Stand on his promises and move forward and believe him. Amen. Amen. And so this is still the directive for the church. Nothing has changed since Jesus stood there and said, uh, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore. Somebody say, go, therefore. <laughs> and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things that I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. And the King James adds an Amen. Look at the scope of this thing. He says, go where? To all nations. Okay? All ethnos, all people groups. Until the gospel is preached in all people groups on the planet, man, the directive still remains. Amen? Amen. Look at the time frame of it. Look at the scope of the time. I am with you always until the end of the age. Are we still living in this present age? As long as we're living in this present age, how will we know when we've completed the directive? When, well, when this age is over. Right? I mean, isn't it, there's another verse, and it ties the preaching of the gospel into all the world with the end of the age, right? And this gospel shall be preached in all nations, and then the end shall come. So, you know, we pray, Maranatha, that's, that's the word for our Lord come. And the more I see crazy things going on in the world today, I mean, I just... Uh, Rin Kim's been, uh, you know, talking to her family and looking at things going on in India. I mean, India has, at this point, it's just about done. The aggression against the deer burning church is all over the nation now. It's crazy. The, uh, the aggression. I mean, and then I look at our news, our local news, and I see the corruption here. And you just want to, you want, you almost lose heart. But what's the mission for you and for me? Just go forward. Go forward. Go forward. We don't stop just because things get tough. Man, the Egyptians had it tough, but there was salvation for them in going forward. There's salvation for you and for me in doing what we're supposed to be doing while we're here. And then the end will come. Amen. Amen. And so have we reached all people groups? No. Have we, are we still living in the present age? Yes. And the answer is go forward. Amen. So going forward, like I said, it's an expression of faith. Go with me to Mark chapter 4. I want to read to you a story about these guys in the boat with Jesus. Okay, Jesus is preaching. It's, it's a um, good day. He's out in the boat preaching in the water. And then he turns to the disciples in Mark chapter 4 and verse 35. It says, on the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let's cross over to the other side. 
Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. So see, he was there in the boat. And uh, other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose. And the waves beat into the boat, and it was already filling. So, you know, these disciples, they knew a little bit of something about fishing and boating, didn't they? They were right to be afraid. They were right to be concerned. They'd been out doing this kind of work all their lives. They knew the danger. They've known people probably personally and family, friends, and co-workers who died in these kinds of circumstances. So they had every reason to be concerned and to be afraid. Um, but like the Israelites, think about this. They were out there in the middle of the storm, not because they were rebelling against God, not because they were being disobedient, not because they were trying to get away from the will of God for their life. They were out there in the middle of the storm because they had followed Jesus' own words. He said, let's go out across the lake. They were right where God wanted them, right where God put them. And so Jesus is asleep there in the stern, and I looked that up at the back of the boat. <laughs> I'm sorry, I've not spent a whole lot of time in boats. You guys can laugh at me if you want. But yeah, he's in the stern, he's asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? We're dying here. Don't you care? Come on. This is akin to what the Israelites were doing, isn't it? This is real close to complaining. Don't you care? Man, have you ever, don't raise your hand, but have you ever approached God that way? God, don't you care? Don't you see what's going on? Don't you care? Man, if we really knew him, we wouldn't ask such questions. If they really knew him in that, but they wouldn't have asked him that. They might have said, Lord, there's trouble here. Can you tell us what to do? Lord, there's trouble. Wake up, help us. Lord, we're doing all we can. Show me what to do. But instead, what they say, don't you care? Wow. It's not the best way to approach Father. Our Father in heaven, don't you care? <laughs> not the best way to open your prayer, is it? But if they really knew him, they wouldn't have asked such a question. Daniel 11.32 is an interesting verse. It says, Those who act wickedly against the covenant, he shall corrupt with flattery. But the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. Hey, I want to concentrate on that second half. The people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. If you know God, you can trust him to put you in difficult circumstances, knowing that you're going to see a great exploit ahead. Again, here's another miracle. I mean, every kid's church, every kid's church teaches Jesus calms the sea. It's one of the first Bible stories children read in the children's Bible. This is another famous miracle. The disciples are there about to be the ones who are participating in the miracle, and they start off with, don't you care? Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want that written about me. I'd rather have something a little bit more positive. And they obeyed him and went bravely into the storm. And when it got rough, they looked to him and he rescued them. And he said, great is your faith. <laughs> That's how I'd want it. But it's not exactly how it's written, is it? <laughs> Come on, do you trust him to lead you through difficult situations? Look at the miracle that they had. Verse 39, he arose and rebuked the wind, and he said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? There it is wow. in the record of the Word of God for all eternity. The disciples had no faith. <laughs> Nothing to brag about there, is it? <laughs> 
Because trusting him and complaining is just evidence that you don't know him, that you don't trust him. You know, he rebuked the wind and the waves, and then he turns and he rebukes the disciples. Think about that. <laughs> he was just as irritated with the disciples as he was with the wind and the waves. In fact, the wind and the waves really aren't your problem. Look at this. Uh, uh, the biggest hindrance to going forward with God is not the storm. It's not. It's our lack of faith. Yes. It's our unwillingness to trust him or to press on when things get difficult. The storm is nothing to God. And God said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. Verse 16, But lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it, and the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. What is that staff that Moses carried? That staff represented the authority that God gave him, right? That represented the authority of God. That staff represents his authority, his presence, his power, right? That's the staff he threw down and made the serpents and, you know, different things. And so this represents his, his commission from God, right? He says, use that staff that I've given you. Use that, that, that authority, that presence, that power that I've given you and take my people forward. But what has Jesus given you and given me? He's given us his name, his authority, his presence, and his power, has he not? He's given us the same thing. He's given us the authority of his name. He's given us the word of his power. He's given us the presence of the Holy Spirit. And he's saying, my people are to go forward. My church is to go forward. Now the just shall live by faith, it says in Hebrews 10.38. The just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Verse 39, but we are not of those who draw back to perdition. There's another good King James word, to perdition, to destruction. Okay, we're not those who draw back to destruction, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. Look, whatever your situation is right now, go forward with God. Because to back to doubt his word, to back off of what he's saying, is to guarantee destruction, is to guarantee failure. What if you go on with God and you don't make it? What if you believe him and trust him and go forward and things don't work out for you? At least you've trusted God. You'll get your reward when you meet him for trusting him and believing him in the face of difficult circumstances. But to go back to Egypt means you go back to destruction. You go back to failure. And we are not of those who draw back. Jesus didn't draw back. He set his face like flint, it says, and fixed it on his goal and on his mission when he went to the cross. The Apostle Paul did the same thing. Do you remember when he was on his way to Jerusalem? He knew hardship and imprisonment and beatings and trials awaited him too. And what did he do? He set his face like flint too, and he went. And so what do you need to do? We need to set our face like flint and serve God and go forward with what God has for us. Because the people who have gone before us, who've given us an example of what to do, said, hey, we are not of people who shrink back to destruction. We're people who believe and are saved. We're people who go forward. We go forward. We believe God. We trust in Him. The just shall live by faith. If anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Don't you want God to have pleasure in your lifestyle, in your belief? Don't you want God just to look at you and say, man, I have pleasure in Him because He believes me. He might not do everything right. <laughs> he gets it off sometime, but he doesn't back down. You know, that's one of the things. 
One of the things about faith, when the Bible talks about little faith, if you look it up, sometimes it means not just small, tiny faith, but faith of short endurance. You start out right, but you don't endure. You turn back at some point. Man, sometimes just good tenacity coupled with just the smallest amount of faith will take you far with God. Amen? Amen. But we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. We don't want to be found standing when God has called us to advance. So what does it look like to go forward? What does that look like in your life? What does it look like as a church? You know, let me just ask you this. Just what's in your heart that you believe that God has been calling you to that you've been just unwilling to take on? Think about that for a minute. Is there? Is there something that you know you have to do? Or maybe it's something he's leading you to. Maybe it's something even circumstances have led you to. But you've been reluctant just to face that and take it on. Go forward. It's the message today. Go forward. You know, it might not even be a big thing. Lots of times, the things that tend to trip us up, Jesus said the little foxes spoil the vine. Lots of times, it's not big, humongous things that trip us up. Sometimes it's the little things, like being reconciled to a family member or something like that. You know, isn't it amazing how those things get in your mind and in your heart, and they hinder your prayers, and they hinder your walk with God because you've not been willing to let go or forgive or be reconciled? It might be something so tiny, but God is saying, go forward, face it, deal with it, settle it, end it. I don't want it to hold you for the rest of your life. I want you to be free. He wants to be, he wants us to be free to serve him. Amen? Amen. Come on. You would want your employees, if you were a manager, to be free to do the job of the company, right? You would want your soldiers to be free and healthy and good shape to do the directive of the, of the mission, right? Well, God's the same way. He wants you and me to be free. He doesn't want things to be holding us back. He wants us to go forward with him. And so whether it's something small like forgiveness or reconciliation or something big like, I don't know, going back to school or, or a career change or something. I don't know. I don't have a word of the Lord on any of this. But I'm just saying from one extreme to the other, be willing to go forward with God. Back to Daniel 11, 32. It says, those who do wickedly against the covenant, he shall corrupt with flattery. But the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. I like that. The CEV says it a little different. He says, the king will use deceit to win followers from those who are unfaithful to God. But those who remain faithful will do everything possible to oppose him. Now, it says the king here in the book of Daniel, he's talking about a king that, that um, Daniel, Daniel is an end time book. And Daniel also predicted a lot of stuff that has happened historically in Israel. And so there are elements of this that happen, but it's also looking to the end times. And so you could, for our application, you can see this king it talks about as the Antichrist, okay, that world ruler who will come. I think it's interesting that it talks about flattery. Those who, who do wickedly against the covenant, he shall corrupt with flattery. You know, every time you start to come off the, off the uh, course, let go of the commands of God, let go of the reality of the scriptures and following God, there's going to be somebody there to cheer you on and make it you feel like you're the most special person there is. 
Oh, man, you're so smart. Yeah, you don't need to be like all those other judgmental people. You've got the right interpretation. You're so brilliant. You must have the Spirit of God on you. Man, you're the best thing since sliced bread. I mean, you're just awesome. Somebody will corrupt you with flattery as you start to veer off the course. And so we don't want to do wickedly to these scriptures, man, to this covenant. Now, we have a different covenant than the old covenant. We have a new covenant in Jesus Christ. But still, we want to follow. We want to be close to God, right? Because why? Because it will be the people who know their God who know him, who will be strong, who will carry out great exploits. In, in the actual Hebrew, when I looked it up, it says, the people who, who, that do know their God shall be strong and do. <laughs> shall be strong and do. That means you get to put action to the things that you believe. You get to put actions to the truth of your covenant with God. You get to demonstrate the covenant of God. Come on, the world is tired of people just talking about God. They want to see the covenant demonstrated, right? And so when you're walking with God and when you're doing the things that the scripture requires by the power of God, man, the world looks at you like you're something else. And you might take a little flack every once in a while, but man, I'm telling you what, there are places in India right now where they, they came against a man. Uh, Rin Kim sent me a little video. They covered it. They, they took the man out. It was a home church, right, Rin Kim, where they beat the man. And they beat the man. They beat the church people, and they would not give in. And you know what happened? The church started growing. <laughs> I, I wouldn't want to be there. I don't want to go through that. We're praying for her. Y'all pray with us for her family. We don't know if we should need to try to get some of them out or what we can do. But uh, y'all pray for us in this situation. And I know in Burma or Myanmar, there's something. They just passed some legislation that's been crazy as well. So this kind of persecution is happening all over the world. But, man, it's going to be the people that do know their God who are going to carry exploits. And I don't know to what level things are going to come here. I don't know. I hope, I'd love just to tell you everything's going to be all good and then we're going to get raptured before the end. But that's not what's happening all over the world. I don't know why we should be so presumptuous to think that things can't get tough here before the end comes. Uh, I really don't care if you believe in pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib, whatever. The fact is the church has been persecuted all over the world for all of its history. And this time of peace that we've been able to live in is really kind of just a unique and special time. And my prayer is that, you know, America will once again shine the light of the gospel and send missionaries and change the face of the world and stand up for those who are being persecuted. But, you know, the way things look right now, I can't guarantee that that's going to happen. So what's the answer? Be strong. Know your God. And trust Him. Develop a trust relationship with Him. So even when things didn't turn out the way you planned, you're not going to question. You're not going to look at Him and say, Don't you care? You should have left me in Egypt. Weren't there enough graves in Egypt? Come on, we've got to, we've got to, we've got to find a little more resilience, I think, than what the, maybe the church in America has displayed before. A little backbone, right? Philippians 3 and verse 10. This is Paul's prayer. That I may know him. Man, the first thing I want to tell you as you're going forward and in your pressing on is to press on to know him. To know him. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. Man, that doesn't sound that fun, does it? Fellowship of his sufferings. Come on, there's a dying to do. I think, I think our Western gospel has left that part out a lot of times. We kind of, we go Jeremiah 29, 11. I have good plans for you. So just come on up here and, you know, give your life to Jesus. Everything's going to go good for you. You'll get that job you want. You know, your complexion will clear up and you'll have nice teeth and everything will go good. 
But the truth of the matter is you take up your cross and you lay down your life and you follow him. And you say like Jesus had to say, not my will, but your will be done. Being conformed to his death. If by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on. I keep going forward. I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Come on, he's laid hold of you. Come on, that's what we were singing. You know, he came after me. He ran after me. The overwhelming love of God, he chases me down. But if you don't turn around at some point and find out that he's right there, you can be running your whole life even though he's right there. But he's laid hold of you for something. So turn around, grab hold of him and press on. Press on, go forward, that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. And here's the Apostle Paul, the end of his life. He says, brethren, I don't count myself as having apprehended, but one thing I do, (laughs) one thing I do, when the Apostle Paul, who's lived an amazing life, is about to tell you at the end of his life, the one thing that he does, the most important thing that he's made his life's pursuit right now, one thing, I forget those things which are behind I forget Egypt. I forget where I came from. And I reach forward to those things which are ahead. Your promise is ahead. Your promised land is ahead. Your salvation is ahead. But you're only going to find it by what? Go forward. Somebody say, go forward. Amen. So my question... Do you need to go forward? Do you? Is there something right now, somebody that God is speaking to, and you know this was for you because he's called you to move forward. I just want to invite you just to come on up here, get, like, get out of your seat, move, do something, just to settle that today. Just settle it today. If you want somebody to pray with you, we'd be glad to pray with you, but I'm not even looking for that. I just want to know, do you have a commitment? Will you make the commitment? To go forward in God. If you will, just stand to your feet and you want to make that commitment, just come up here. Don't even have to talk to me, just talk to God. Tell Him, I'm going to go forward. I'm going to go in you. I'm not going to hold back. I'm going to quit flirting with Egypt. I'm not, there's nothing back there for me. You've ended that chapter in my life. It's closed. I forget the things that are behind. And now I am straining and I'm looking forward to the things that you have for me ahead. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God, I thank you. I thank you for the good things that you have for us. But Lord, even in the middle of trouble, I know you are with us. Psalm 91 says, I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him and show him my salvation. God, I thank you, Lord, that there is salvation for each and every one of us, even in the middle of trouble. And Lord, I pray right now for those who have responded to this, Lord, that you just close the doors to Egypt forever, forever. There is no going back. There's no longing for Egypt. And there's no longing for the onions and the food of Egypt. There's only going forward in the name of Jesus. There is only forgetting what lies behind and pressing forward to what you have for us, Lord. And Father God, as a church, I pray the same thing. Father, there are things ahead of us.
And we've got to sometimes forget the things that we've come through. As good and as glorious as some of them may have been, there are new things for us to do, Lord. There are new ways to reach people. There are new ways for your spirit to move. You are you an are in, in inexhaustible supply of creativity, Lord. And we want to roll with whatever you're doing. We want to flow with what you're doing on the earth. Lord, we thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We just worship you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Father God, let this be a time, a point of decision, Lord, where the chains of Egypt are just forever broken and we're free to go forward, Lord, to know you, to know you. And Lord, may this church, may this church and the members of this church be the ones who had said of them in, in all eternity that they did exploits in my name because they knew me. They did things because they trusted me. I could put them in difficult situations because I could use them as a witness and many souls were brought into the kingdom because of their willingness to trust me in difficult situations. How, if you believe that, man, just say amen or something. Come on. Hallelujah.